Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, shalom, shalom. And Layalatawad, which means good night or good evening in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tarza Pa. I am joined this evening by my wife, Hatsadai, in the building. First of all, I would like to say that the music that you heard by Jaheen was not intended to... Um, was not is intended for educational purposes only, and was not intended to gain financially or to publicize financially for any type of monetary gain. <laughs> I hope I covered all the bases. All right, man. I hope everybody is healthy. Hope everybody is good. Um, hope everybody. Um, it's feeling good, man. Feeling uh, mucho tawab here in the, what is this, uh, this day, the 16th day, 16th day of November, the uh, 2023rd year, so they say, of our Lord in the belly of the beast, man. Hope everybody's good. I want to send shouts out to um, our affiliated schools, the brothers here in San Antonio, Tejas. Uh, led by the brother of war, um, Sword of Truth, man, down there off of Walsham Avenue. Check us out, y'all. Uh, also sending shouts out to our other our affiliated school, our brothers down in H-Town, Quatizop and the crew. Shouts out to them brothers. Shouts out to uh, Kazakia up in Rochester. I'm sorry, up in VA, Virginia. And shouts out to Zanala in Rochester, Shouts out to the brother Aish, uh, Shalom brother. Uh, he hit me up earlier. It was good to hear from him. Uh, Aish out there in ABQ as well as the rest of the brothers. Shouts out to our brothers in Canada, Cali, Atlanta, and shouts out to Kauka down in Guatemala. All right, y'all. So uh, I am definitely going to need uh, all two hours, man. So I'm not going to do a lot, a whole lot of talking. There's a lot of information that I want to get to. Uh, so hopefully we just might finish this class this evening. Uh, but let me go ahead and start off like I always do. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. Call it be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. As it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the prayer we need to be saying on the daily so we can get the hell on, man. Stick at this place. It gets worse by the day. I gotta guess I gotta get that uh that clip too, Michelle, that matrix clip. That uh matrix clip. It's the smell. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way I be feeling, man, here in the matrix. Just sick of it, man. I just I was listening to uh NPR today and they were saying that um right now the Democrats or uh replacing a lot of Republicans. And because of that, a lot of uh, school legislatures are about to get uh, overturned. And uh, one of the legislatures in particular 
that uh, made me want to throw up in my mouth is um, the same-sex deal and what the Republicans passed, and this is why I can kind of mess with them a little bit, uh, they passed a bill that said that a student would have to play um, the sport pertaining to their gender, what they were assigned at birth. So if you were born a, a boy, boy child, you would have to play boy sports. If you were born a female child, you have to play female sports. Well, they were saying that uh, because of the Democrats who are ignorant-ass people, excuse my French, be running up and down to the polls and getting all excited to go vote for because they're in office. They're about to change everything around. Remember, these are the same people that uh, have been heavily advocating for um, the the Supreme Court to overturn their ruling about Roe versus Wade, the abortion bill, and giving people the license to murder children again. And like I said, man, our people, we look for um, society, man. This is society, and we've just uh, we've drank the Kool Aid. Uh, we've we've drank it so much, we drank the damn dregs of it, to where it just it, it gives you a way to cope with what you're already dealing with. And even the medical industry, that's the same thing they do. You know, you sick, they'll give you a drug so you don't have to stop eating bad. You can keep eating bad, but you'll, they'll give you this drug to kind of put a bandaid on your issue. Well, the society at large is the same way, man. Yeah, the society is already jacked up, but we're not going to fix anything. We're just going to amend and make these laws to where it's okay now. So, and I've said this t- countless times, man, this is a moralist society, man. They don't have any uh, moral uh, laws in their books. America really is a moralist society. You can do anything here. That's why it's called Great Babylon, man, because the same stuff is going on in Babylon. But anyway, getting off my soapbox, um, Keep sending that prayer up, y'all, so we can get the hell out of here on the real. Uh, let's get Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, if the, mo- if the Most High brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. Come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all, I'm about to go in definitely uh, on this class topic, the Trinity, part two. Hopefully we'll be able to get uh, get through it this evening, but I want to play this first. The black race can't afford you no more. Oh, there used to be a time we'd see somebody like you singing and clowning, gasping, bossing, and we wouldn't do anything. Folks like that. You're good. Homie kind of nigga. When they needed somebody to mistreat, call a name or two, they berated you. Reminded them of the good old days. Not no more. The day the Geechee is gone, boy. You're not going with it. The day of the Trinity is gone. And you boot-licking, pork-chop-eating, I'm in church every Sunday, niggas is going with it, man. This is a disgusting, despicable, blasphemous doctrine, as we're going to continue to get into and find out about. All right, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to, uh, let's go to the book, The Two Babylons, page 16. Read the highlights. 
So I got the two Babylons I want to get into, y'all. Then I got this other internet article, encyclopedia article I want to get to uh, regarding Trinity. After that, y'all, it's going to be all scriptures. So I got. hope you got your, you're sitting down, you can take your notes. Definitely, you definitely want to take notes. All right, where we at? The two Babylons, the papal worship, proved to be the worship of Nimrod and his wife by Reverend, Reverend Alexander Hislop. Page 16. So utterly idolatrous was the Babylonian recognition of the divine unity that Jehovah, the living God, severely condemned his own people for giving any countenance to it. Now, it's talking about Yahweh. It says Jehovah, but we know that the word J, or letter J, was invented, wasn't invented to the 1800s. And his name was probably pronounced in the Paleo-Hebrew, Yahweh. It tells us that this is idolatry, the practice of Babylon, the practice of the triune, of the Trinity. It's Babylonian. And the Most High condemned the Israelites for this because we were worshiping Tammuz, a.k.a. Nimrod, a.k.a. a host of other names that Meshav has been going over quite thoroughly. For a reference, y'all can go back to Ezekiel chapter 8 and verse 14. But read on in the book. They that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens after the rites of the only one, eating swine's flesh. Now, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 66. And what verse is that? Verse 17, yeah. And the abomination and the mouth shall be consumed together. In the unity of that one, only God of the Babylonians, there were three persons. And to there were what? Three persons. Y'all hear this? Just like what? The damn Trinity. Three persons, read. And to symbolize that doctrine of the Trinity, they employed, as the discoveries of Layard prove, the equilateral triangle, just as it is well known the Romish church does at this day. So, and it's not just the doctrine itself. The doctrine is a huge part of idolatry, but y'all ever seen those uh, Trinity bracelets that people be wearing, the Trinity pools that people have in their cribs? All of this is pagan. It's idolatry. Read. In both cases, such a comparison is most degrading to the king eternal and is fitted utterly to pervert the minds of those who contemplate it. It says that the Trinity is so is, is what? Fitted utterly to pervert the minds of those who contemplate it. Yeah, but read the part before that. In both cases, such a comparison is most degrading. Is degrading. Is degrading to compare the Most High Christ and the Holy Spirit to the Trinity. It's beneath the Most High. This is what he's saying. And he's right on point. Read. As if there was or could be any similitude between such a figure and him. No similitude, no likeness at all. Has nothing to do with the Most High. Read. And him who hath said, to whom will ye liken God, and what likeness will ye compare unto him? Man, this is why I like this white boy that wrote this book. He be dropping scriptures to go along with his premise. Read. The papacy has in some of its churches, as for instance in the monastery of the so-called Trinitarians of Madrid, 
an image of the triune God with three heads on one body. Mm-hmm. The Babylonians. It says three heads on one body. It sounds like some sci-fi. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But this is the Trinity. This is what people have been going to church for hundreds of years worshiping. This is what people talking about. I got that joy, joy down in my heart, deep down in my heart. Being baptized in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit name. He's on top of the forehead. All this speaking in tongue mess. Paganism. Read. The Babylonians had something of the same. Not a coincidence. Read on. Mr. Layard, in his last work, has given a specimen of such a triune divinity worshipped in ancient Assyria. You see this? Worship in ancient Assyria. And I've said this countless times, and Shabba said this countless times, too, as we deal with these topics. These are the same gods. The names have changed depending on the country, the area. But it's still the same gods. And as, as it pertains to the Trinity, it's basically, uh, to bring it up to speed, Greco-Roman-Norwegian mythology is what it is. Read on. The accompanying cut in figure four of such another divinity worshipped among the pagans of Siberia is taken from a medal in the imperial cabinet of St. Petersburg and given in Parsons' Jafet. The three heads are differently arranged in layered specimen, but both alike are evidently intended to symbolize the same great truth, although all such representations of the Trinity, ancient cave temples is represented with three heads on one body. Three heads on one body. All right, that's enough of that. Now I want you to read this and tell them where you're reading from. And you know, y'all, like I said before, this is... uh, the only topic so far that I've been uh, researching, they gave me a headache. It gave me a headache because it's so much BS and it's so uh, confusing and so complicated, you can't understand it. You know, but I remember years ago I was in class. When I first came into the truth, Mashaba was breaking down what an expert was. <laughs> he said an expert is someone who complicates things. And this is what these clowns are. They're experts. They complicate it. None of this Trinity madness makes sense. And it's like the uh, we just read in the two Babylons, it's created to confuse people. The simple-minded people, they'll go, they'll fall hook, line, and sinker for this nonsense. You know, that's why it tells us in Second uh, Timothy two and fifteen, the study to show thyself to show the study to show thyself approved, man. You better study. If you're not studying, if you're not in the book, people will get away with anything on you, and they'll just say it's from the most high. They'll just pretend to have that zeal on them, and you'll just gravitate to it because you're an idiot, because you won't go back and study it for yourself. Who we at? From the Internet Encyclopedia of Philosophy. A peer-reviewed academic resource, iep.utm.edu, the Trinity. Christians believe that God is a trinity of persons, each omnipotent, omniscient, and holy, benevolent, co-equal, and fully divine. There are not three gods, 
however, but one God in three persons. Oh, my goodness. Father. This, this, this is three gods in one person. You know what this sounds like? It sounds like the movie Exodus. Uh, I mean, uh, what is Exorcist? When a late, that little girl was possessed. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember watching that as a kid. The part that used to get me, that used to scare me when I was a kid, was when her head spent all the way around her body. <laughs> that was the part, man. <laughs> but this is what this madness reminds me of. Read on. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I, I interjected. Go back and read it in context. There are not three gods, however, but one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Prima facie, the doctrine more commonly known as the Trinity seems gratuitous. <laughs> seems what? <laughs> gratuitous. Why multiply divine beings beyond necessity? Gratuitous means for no reason at all. For no reason at all. That's what gratuitous mean. They came up with this doctrine. They didn't have a reason. They didn't have a cause. They just they just put it out their butt. Read. Especially since one God is hard enough to believe in. Mm-hmm. For Christians, however, the Trinity doctrine is neither gratuitous nor unmotivated. But for Christians, it's, it's, it's for no reason. They hang their whole hat on this doctrine. They hang their whole belief system on this doctrine. These clowns be praying in the name of the Trinity. Read. Claims about Christ's divinity are difficult to reconcile with the Christian doctrine that there is just one God. Trinitarian theology is an attempt to square the Christian conviction that Jesus is the Son of God, fully divine, yet distinct from his Father, with the Christian commitment to monotheism. Now, this is where it's just so contradictory. They say they believe in one God, but yet and still they say that it's three in one. Make it make sense. Houseway. <laughs> make it make sense. Three. Nevertheless, while... We're just going to finish that paragraph. Okay. Nevertheless, while the Trinity doctrine purports to solve a range of theological puzzles, it poses a number of intriguing logical difficulties akin to those suggested by the identity of spatio-temporal objects through time and across worlds, puzzle cases of personal identity, and problems of identity and constitution. He's saying a fancy way of saying that this doctrine is problematic, and he's given the reasons why it is. Because you're trying to go against timelines, and you're trying to mix, uh, like it tells us, Paul tells us in First Corinthians chapter 15, there are celestial uh, bodies, and it tells us there are uh, terrestrial bodies. And the two are not the same. So this is basically what this dude is saying. You, you can't mix them both. But this all goes back to virgin birth. Because what's the whole belief system and the concept that people have on that? that Mary didn't have an actual man who put semen in her and they conceived and had a son that was carried 10 months in her womb and then came out the womb. They believe that she she got impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Y'all see how all of this is linked? Is that it? Mm-mm. Read. Mm-hmm. 
When it comes to the Trinity puzzle, however, one must determine whether such solutions accord with theological constraints. All right. So it said in the article that the Trinity is difficult to explain or to believe in because Christians claim that they believe in monotheism. Monotheism is the doctrine or belief that there is one God. If you believe in the God of the Bible, he's only one. Let's get Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So if you believe in the God of the Bible, first of all, He's telling Israel, the only people we'll ever dealt with, that he's one. He's one God. But for you to believe in the Trinity, you're being polytheistic, meaning you're believing in more than one God. And that's not what the Bible says. So you don't believe in the Bible. You believe in paganism because that's what paganism teaches. Paganism teaches about the pantheon which is a list of damn gods. You got to look them up and see what they do. <laughs> see which one to pray to and what for. But the Most High says this. Read it again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's only one God. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 39. We're going we to beat on this for a little bit. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. What did the Most High say? See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. No, but I'm the son too. I'm I'm Jesus too. There is no God with me. He says there's no God with him. There's no other powers with him. Then he goes on to explain what he's saying in more detail. Read. I kill. He what? I kill. Who does killing? God. God, the most high, the God of the Bible kills people. Contrary to what you've been told, people believe that there's this, this war between the most high and Satan, and Satan is, I guess, slapping the most high upside his head and taking his lunch money or something. That's not going on. That's not happening. Go back and read Job, the first and second chapter. Satan had to get permission before he wrote on Job. And who did he have to get the permission from? The Most High. So the Most High said he, he kills, read. And I make alive. Mm-hmm. I wound mm-hmm. and I heal. Mm-hmm. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. So we need to be scared of the Most High and his wrath. Because he owns Satan. Satan works for him. Just like the most hot suck Satan on Job, he can sick him on us too. So we need to be interested in pleasing the most high. Let's get Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 6. 
Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, Mm -hmm. and beside me there is no God. Read that last part. And beside me there is no God. He said beside him there is no other powers. Hope everybody is listening to this. What verse you in? Keep reading. And who as I shall call and shall declare it and set in order for me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them shew unto them. Read. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. What makes the most high the most high is he declares things. He puts out prophecy. He tells us prophecies, and we repeat them, and they come to fruition. And this is how you know he's the most high. All right. You're in, uh, let's jump over one chapter to Isaiah 45 and verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. He keeps reiterating this. Read. There is no God beside me. Read. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Now, I believe it was Cyrus the Great he was talking to. Now, jump down to verse uh, 21. Tell ye, and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together, who hath declared this from ancient times. Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? He's reiterating what he just said in chapter 44, read. And there is no God else beside me. There is no other God, read. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. This is my question to these Trinity-believing people. How do you explain this? Y'all say that the Most High, Christ, the Holy Spirit are all three in one, but you claim to believe in only one God. Make that make sense. That is confusing as hell. All right, now jump up to verse 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. The Most High does all this stuff. Now, let's get St. John. Matter of fact, let's not even go there yet. We'll get there later. So the Most High said he does all of these things. This is the belief, once again, in the monotheism, the belief in one God, one deity. Let's get Exodus chapter 20. We're going to start at verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And this is the most high speaking to the Israelites, who this whole book is centered around. Read. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What did the Most High tell us? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. So if you're an Israelite, and you know you're an Israelite, and you're talking about some Trinity, that's idolatry. 
that's against the commandments. That's against the law. Because I know there are some Israelite brothers that are going around still on this immaculate conception crap, still on this virgin birth crap, saying that Christ didn't have an earthly father. Shame on y'all, man. Y'all need to y'all need to get in the books. Y'all need to get back in the book and study, man. That's paganism. That's idolatry. But the Most High told us what? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. For you high uh, holy rollers, you Christian folks who say y'all believe in one God, but you believe in the Trinity. The Most High is telling you plain as day, you shall not have any other gods, any other powers. All right, Exodus 23 and 13. And in all things that I have said unto you, be circumspect. And make no mention of the name of other gods. The Most High said, be circumspect, which means to be very careful. Be very careful. Read it again from the top. And in all things that I have said unto you, be circumspect. Be careful that you don't do what? And make no mention of the name of other gods. Read. Neither let it be heard out of thy mouth. So the Trinity shouldn't even be coming out of your mouth. Because that's talking about what? Other gods. That's the triune. That's talking about Nimrod, Semiramis, and then Nimrod again. <laughs> or Tammuz, their supposed child, love child. And we went over this, how Semiramis supposedly had intercourse with her husband, Nimrod, and then Nimrod ended up being her son, Tammuz. And he, she became his wife or something like that. I, it was crazy. <laughs> that's triune, but that's other gods. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy 11 and 28. And a curse. If ye will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. What did the Most High say if you don't obey his commandments? And a curse. We're going to be cursed. So idolatry, you you get cursed for idolatry. This is the reason we're over here in captivity right now. Why did the Most High curse the, the Israelites? Why, why were the Israelites going into countless captivities for idolatry, for serving other gods? Read. But turn aside out of the way, which I command you this day to go after other gods, which ye have not known. You see how the most high is deaf on dealing with other gods? But you people want to pull some Trinity crap out of your butthole? Now, mind you, uh, this thing with Semiramis, Nimrod, this stuff went on around probably around 593 B.C., probably even sooner. So by the time we get to the New Testament, Mashab, if you're listening in, man, the New Testament is set in what century? I want to do the math on that. When you get it out, hit me up and let me know. All right, so in um, my point for even doing the math on that, because I want to show us that the triune was around long before Christ was even alive. So how could... The, that trinity, that same triune, have anything to do with the Most High Christ. 
if it was before Christ was even born, even thought of. Stop. Mm -hmm. All right, now what I want to do is I want to go into scriptures that are misunderstood. So the first scripture I want to get is St. John 10, and we're going to read verse 30. Hold on, sir. Let me catch up with you. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Read. I and my father are one. So this is the scripture that people like to pull to try to justify the Trinity. First of all, it's problematic because only two people are mentioned here. But you claim that there's three of them. <laughs> Read again. I and my father are one. So Christ did say this. He said, I and my father are one. Read on. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shewed you from my father. For which of those works do ye stone me? So people will read verse 30 and say, see, they're one person. But if they're one person, then why is Christ still talking about or referring to his father here in verse 32? As he did in verse 30. But people, like I said, are very simple. Read on. The Jews answered him, saying, for a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that... Now, they were about to stone... Christ, they were about to stone Yahweh Shai because they said he was committing blasphemy. So what blasphemy did they say he was committing? Read. And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. He said, man, you a man, you just made yourself God. Why did they say this? Maybe because what we just read in the commandments. Thou shalt have no other gods but me. But they're mistaking Christ, thinking Christ saying that he's God. That's not what Christ is saying. Read. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? Now, I- listen to how clever Yahweh Shai is. <laughs> Even though they didn't understand him, he was like, okay, I'll participate in this nonsense. He said, what? Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are God. <laughs> so Christ got him. Ain't that written in your law that I've said ye are God? So let's go there. Hold this and get Psalms 82 and verse 1. Let me catch up. Yeah, we're going to read verse 1, then we're going to jump verse 6. Read. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. Mm-hmm. He judges among the gods. Now, when he says he stands in the congregation of the mighty, the word congregation, the root word for congregation means gathering. This is where you get the word church from. The only people that have ever gathered under the Most High has been the Israelites. So when he says he stands in the congregation of the mighty, he's talking about the Israelites, his people. It says he judges among the gods. And this is what Christ was talking about. <laughs> is it not written in your law that I've said ye are God? So this is part of it. Now jump down to verse 6. I have said 
ye are gods. What makes us gods, Reed? And all of you are children of the Most High. And all of us are children of the Most High. So we little G's, he big G. <laughs> this is what Christ was referring to. Let's go back to St. John, chapter 10. And I want you to read verse uh, 35 again. Uh, yeah, 34 again, then go to 35. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods. Mm-hmm. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came. He said, If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came. We got to get that. Uh Go ahead and finish it. And the scripture cannot be broken. So who is he talking about? Give me real quick Psalms 147, verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> so he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. So we got to figure out who was it that the word of God came to. Psalm 147, 19. Mm-hmm. He shewed his word unto Jacob, mm-hmm. his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Mm-hmm. He hath not dealt so with any nation. Mm-hmm. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. So the Israelites got the word of God. Now let's go to First Kings chapter 18, verse 31. First Kings chapter 18, verse 31. Mm-hmm. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. Mm-hmm. Also known as Israel, right? Unto whom the word of the Lord came. Unto what? Unto whom the word of the Lord came. All right. Now we, we edify it. Now let's go back to St. John chapter 10, verse 35. Uh, no, we don't need it. Okay. Go back to ten St. John ten thirty five. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. The Israelites, read. And the scripture cannot be broken. And the scripture can't be broken. So Christ is like, Man, y'all get mad at me because I'm calling myself the son of God when the most high called y'all the sons of God also. Keep, read on. Say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Yeah, so he's saying, you say that I'm blaspheming. God sent me into the world, read. Because I said I am the son of God. Because you say I'm the son of God, but God said the same thing about y'all. Read. If I do not the works of my father, believe me not. So, okay, he said, if I don't do the works of the Most High and don't believe, then I'm the Son of God, read. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works. At least believe my works, read. That ye may know and believe. Now listen to what he's about to say, read. That the Father is in me and I in him. So when he says that the Father is in me and I am in him, he means, he's basically saying both of them agree. Both of them have the same mindset. It doesn't mean that they're the same person. And this goes all the way back to what he said in verse 30 when he says that I and my father are one. All right? So let's jump back up there. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Yeah, let's jump back up there, man. Wow. Hold on, y'all. And you know how you be moving too damn fast. I know I do it sometimes. Because I know. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll just get it. <clears throat> so before we move on, we're going to hold that verse. But let's jump back up to um, verse 30. Read that. St. John, chapter 10, verse 30. Mm-hmm. I and my father are one. Y'all hear what Christ said? I and my father are one. Now, does he mean that they're the same entity, that they're the same person? No, it does not mean this, Okay. Now, Hasadai, I want you to look up uh, the definition for the word one. And then I want you to get Genesis, the 11th chapter. People see this word one, and they just take it for face value. <clears throat> and it's funny too because it's like they didn't know. They don't. It's like they they don't they don't comprehend the English language <laughs> because there are many words in the English language that are spelled the same but have different meanings. You know, like the word live, L I V E, right? Live. But you can also use that same word and say it's live. <laughs> Other word, red, A-D, right? I read. But you can also use it, they read. <laughs> See, the English language is a backwards language in the first place, but when we start reading the Bible, we got that English mindset to where we don't want to investigate and get the, etymo- the etymology of words or even just look a word up. You found it yet? That's it. No, but it's to say one. That's what they that's what they gave you, that's what they led you. I had a better one. Uh hold on for a second, y'all. I guess we got a little time. Get that uh in Genesis chapter eleven for me. Uh in verse <laughs> I want you to read verse 1 and then jump to verse 6. Yeah, let me look up this definition. All right, I got the definition for 1, y'all. So here it is. It says, number 1 is being a single unit or thing. And this is what people believe when they read, when he says, me and my father are 1. They believe in a single unit or thing, right? Uh, 2A, being 1 in particular be being preeminently uh, um, what is indicated, being the same in kind of quality. All right, let me jump down to the one that is the context that is used in properly. This is uh, definition two. Being 
in agreement or union. This is what it means to be one. This is the context that he's using it in in St. John chapter 10 and verse uh, 30. What verse was that? Verse 35, when he said, me and my father are one. All right, I'm going to prove it to you. Watch this. Read. Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language. Now, the whole earth was of one language. Now, in this particular uh, use of the word one, it actually means one unit. So the whole earth spoke one particular language, right? And if you're familiar with this story, this is the Tower of Babel. Remember what the Most High did. He confounded their languages so they couldn't speak or understand each other's speech because he made it so they spoke a multitude of languages. But in the very beginning, they spoke what? Read that again. And the whole earth was of one language. Now, that's the way it's used in that verse. Now read verse 6. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. <laughs> what did the Most High say? The people is one. How could all these people be one people when it was a multitude of people? What was he, what was he talking about in this, in this particular precept right here? The word one is being used as agreement. Behold, the people is one. I mean, all these people are in an agreement. Read it again. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one. Mm-hmm. And they have all. And they have all, mean more than one. Read. And they have all one language. Now, here it is. The word one being used is what? One. Actual one unit here. Read. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined. Right, but I brought us here to show the different uses of the word one. So going back to St. John chapter 10, verse 35. If he calls them gods. Verse 30. I'm sorry, I'm verse 30. Read it again. I and my father are one. Meaning what? They are in agreement. They agree. Now jump down and read verse 38, because he breaks it down clearly here in verse 38. Read. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me. Why is the Father in him? Because they both agree. Read. And I and him. And he agrees with the Father. They don't have a difference of opinion. They're in agreement. They're in harmony. We're going to prove this, though. Let's get First John chapter 5. And we're going to start at verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? Mm-hmm. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So if you want to overcome the world, you have to believe that Christ is the Son of the Most High. Not that they're all three rolled in one. Read. 
This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Now, I need you all to pay very close attention to what he's saying. So this is he that came by water and blood. Who is the he they're talking about in this verse? It says, even Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ came by water and blood. Read. Not by water only. Read. But by water and blood. So water and blood. Y'all see this, right? Mm -hmm. Read. And it is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. Now now the spirit comes in. It says that it's the spirit that bears witness because the spirit is truth. Read on. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Mm-hmm. The Father, mm-hmm. the Word, mm-hmm. and the Holy Ghost. All right. So it says there's three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And this is where they try to bring the Trinity in also. And we're going to deal with this, but we got to clear some things up. The main thing we got to clear up is this right here first. All right. So I want you to read this right here. And this is from Wikipedia, y'all. And this is under the Holy Ghost. The ophthalmology. Etymology and usage. The coin Greek word pneuma is found around 385 times in the New Testament. Now, this coin Greek that they're referring to is what the New Testament was written in. And this was the language that the Hebrew Israelites were speaking during the time of Christ. And from my research, they said that this was not a, a proper form of the Greek language. But read on. With some scholars differing by three to nine occurrences, Numa appears 105 times in the four canonical gospels, mm-hmm. 69 times in the Acts of the Apostles, 161 times in the Pauline epistles. Now, this word pneuma is a word also that means what? Did you get to that part yet? This word, this word, is this coming up? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, read. And 50 times elsewhere. These usages vary. In 133 cases, it refers to spirit. So, this word pneuma is another word for? Spirit. Spirit. So, you read? The Holy Spirit, sometimes, and then other times you'll read, I ain't going to give it away, read. And in 153 cases, spiritual. Around 93 times, the reference is to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes under the name Numa, and sometimes explicitly as the Numa to Hegion. In a few cases, it is also simply used generically to mean wind or life. It was generally translated into the Vulgate as Spiritus and Spiritus Sanctus. The English terms Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit are complete synonyms. Or complete what? 
synonyms. They're the same. So when you see the word Holy Ghost, it's actually holy what? Holy Spirit. It's actually Holy Spirit, y'all. One derives from the Old English, gas, and the other from the Latin loanword spiritus. Like Numa, they both refer to the breath as as to its animating power and to the soul. The Old English term is shared by all other Germanic languages. Compare, for example, the German Geist, and and it is older. The King James Bible typically uses Holy Ghost. Beginning in the 20th century, translations overwhelmingly prefer Holy Spirit, partly because the general English term ghost has increasingly come to refer only to the spirit of a dead person. Y'all see that? So they implemented the word ghost because they wanted to bring that in with the whole Trinity doctrine. And this is why you hear them talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, which is properly translated Holy Spirit. All right? We got to clear this up. I know this might seem minute. This might seem little, but we have to clear this up so we can read the rest of this and get edification. All right? That's it? All right, now let's go back to First John <clears throat> chapter 5 and read verse 7 again. For there are three that bear record in heaven. All right. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Or Holy what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Read. And these three are one. And these three are one, meaning, once again, that they agree. We're going to get to that. But before we get to that, Let's deal with, uh, it says, the Father, we already got who the Father is. That's the Most High. Let's deal with the Word. So let's get, um, let's get St. John chapter 1 and verse 14. Let's deal with, with the Word. You got that St. John 1 and 14? Huh? Let me catch up with you. I'm sorry, y'all. I got excited and was doing scribble scrabble. Can't understand my own writing. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. St. John. Chapter 1 and verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, who's the only begotten of the Father? It's going to tell us. Because this same only begotten of the Father that was made flesh was also known as what? The word. All right? Real. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have we all 
have all we received, Mm -hmm. and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, Mm -hmm. but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Also known as who? The Word. Christ is also known as the Word. I hope everybody's seeing this. So what's another what's another word for Christ? Another name for Christ? The word. Hope everybody sees this, all right? Now this is very important. Let's go to St. John chapter 14. <clears throat> and we're gonna read verse 25. Let me catch up with you. All right, you got it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Read. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Mm-hmm. But the Comforter is the Holy Ghost. Whoa. So it says here that the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, so the Comforter is also known as the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Read. Whom the Father will send in my name. Whose name is this Holy Spirit and Comforter coming in. Christ's name. And Christ, Christ, another name for Christ is what? The Word. I hope y'all seeing this. Read. He shall teach you all things. And what does the Word teach us? All things. The Bible teaches us what? All things. So the Bible is the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the Comforter. The Bible is also Christ, which is the Word, because the Word of God is it? Is it not the Bible? Yes, it is. Read on. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. What brings everything to our remembrance? How how are we able to go back and find out what Adam did and how he fell? Is it is it not the words of the Bible? Mm-hmm. How are we able to go back and see what? Uh, Christ told Peter when Peter said, you're not going to die, Lord. <laughs> how are we able to go back and recant uh, the story about how Christ was born, where he was born, who he traveled with, how many disciples he had? The only way we can get this information is through what? What Christ said, and that's in the scriptures. How, how are we able to get the Matthew, the whole chapter 5? The be, what they call the Beatitudes. Where is that coming from? The scriptures. Now, during this time when Christ made this statement, what scriptures existed? Only the Old Testament. So when he was making this statement, he was accurate. When he said that this is coming, this is what's going to happen. This is what the Father going to give y'all. But what had to transpire first? He had to leave. I hope everybody is seeing this. Now, hold this, and let's get St. John chapter 5 and verse 43. I am come in my Father's name. What did he say? I am come in my Father's name. (laughs) Y'all see this, right? (laughs) So how are they the same? Read. And ye receive me not. Read. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. Read on. 
How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? So he wasn't representing himself. He was representing the Father. The same person he said was going to give us this comforter after he had left. And the comforter being the Holy Spirit, being also known as the Word, was Christ. Let's go back to St. John chapter 14, read verse 26 again. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He said the Father sent it in his name, but we just read how Christ said that he speaks, or the Father sent him. Y'all see this? I hope y'all see this. So the words that he was speaking were not his. Read. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, this is Christ actually speaking about himself in third person. Because he, he, he said that this comforter, this Holy Ghost, is a he. Then he tells the... the, the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He tells us the the traits to look for in this comforter, in this Holy Spirit. It's going, it's coming in, in the Father's name. It's going to teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever he has said. He's speaking of himself in third person, y'all. All right. Now, from there, let's get, wait a minute, where you at? Matter of fact, keep reading. Peace I leave with you My peace I give unto you Not as the world giveth Give I unto you Let not your heart be be troubled Neither let it be afraid Ye have heard how I said unto you I go away Now listen to this, read And come again unto you (laughs) He said I go away And I'm coming again unto you this ain't just talking about his resurrection. <laughs> he already told us how he's going to come to us again, and that's in verse 26. Read on. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for the fa- for my Father is greater than I. No, but they're the same. Mm-hmm. Let's go to St. John chapter... 15 now in verse 26. Now we're going to hold 1426 because the two go right hand in hand. We got to get some information from uh, 1426 too. So read this. <clears throat> St. John 1526. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Now this Comforter, another name for the Comforter is what, y'all? As we as it pertains to verse twenty six. Now read what you see. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you no. from right from the Father. From the Father. Now hold this and read fourteen twenty six. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So what's another name for the comforter? The Holy Ghost. Or the Holy Spirit. 
And both of these are coming from who? From the Father. From the Father. Now, jump back over to verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, Mm -hmm. even the Spirit of truth. So we know that the Comforter is the Holy Spirit, is also called the Spirit of truth, which is the Word of God. And we know that who was the Word of God? Christ. Read. Which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Bam. What else gives us testimony of Christ? What is the testimony, y'all? An eyewitness account. Where do we get the eyewitness account of Christ from? It's from the scriptures, also known as the Comforter, also known as the Spirit of Truth, also known as the Holy Spirit and the Word, because Christ is the Word. Hope everybody's seeing this. Let's go back to First John 5 and 6. Once again, we're, we're clearing up who the Word is. This is why we're doing all this. Let me catch up with you. First John chapter five verse six. Read that. This is he that came by water and blood, mm-hmm. even Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Mm-hmm. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. The Spirit is truth. <laughs> what Spirit? Christ. The spirit of Christ was the truth because Christ is the word. Christ is the comforter. Christ is the Holy Spirit. Now, just to continue proving this, St. John 17 and 17. Sanctify them through, sanctify them through thy truth. This is Christ speaking. He says, sanctify the people. Clean the people up through thy truth. Read. Thy word is truth. What's the truth? Thy word is truth. And what is Christ also known known as? The word. (laughs) I hope y'all seeing this. Read it again. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He's the word. He's the truth. So in First John chapter 5 and verse 6, where it says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that bear witness because the spirit is truth. This is talking about Christ, is the spirit. He's the word. He's the word of God. St. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. Now listen to this part. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. And where can you find the words that Christ has spoken unto us? In the scriptures. Christ is the word. He's the spirit of truth. He's the comforter. 
He's the Holy Spirit. Now let's get St. John chapter 1 and read verse 17. Mm-hmm. For the law was given by Moses, mm-hmm. but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Grace and what came by Christ? Grace and truth. And truth came by Christ. And we found out that Christ is that spirit of truth. Christ said, the word, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. He also said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. I hope everybody is seeing this. Now let's go back to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to read verse 7, and we're going to read down to verse 8. For there are three that bear record in heaven. So, there's because the Most High said that all things be done decently and in order. In heaven, there's a ranking system. So it says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. So there are three things that bear record in heaven to verse 6 that Jesus Christ came by blood and by water and he's the spirit of truth, he's the son of God. So three things bear record in heaven. Read. The Father. The Father, the Most High. Read. The Word. Christ. Because Christ is the Word. Read. And the Holy Ghost. Also known as the Holy Spirit, which is what? (laughs) Christ also. (laughs) The, The Word of the Most High. Christ. So in verse 7, it's not talking about three things. It's actually talking about two things. I hope y'all see that. It says three things, but it's actually talking about two things. Now watch this. Read. And these three are one. Why are they one? Read verse 8. And there are three that bear witness in earth. Mm -hmm. Now three things that bear witness on the earth. Read. The spirit. The spirit, which is who? Christ, once again, read. And the water. The water, which is who? According to verse 6. Christ. Christ, read. And the blood. Is who? Christ, according to verse 6. Read. And these three agree in one. They what? Agree in one. They what? Agree in one. But I thought all three of them was one. No, they all agree. That's what makes them one. I hope everybody is seeing this. I ain't lose nobody. I know we did a lot of jumping, but I hope y'all are getting edification from this. If anybody is lost, please raise your hand in the chat. Call me. Text me if it's something you didn't get. Because it's imperative as we move on into the rest of the class that you understand this part. Read on, Hasadiah. If we receive the witness of men. If we receive the witness of men, talking about the Trinity, because the witness of men say, nah, it's three of them and all of them is one. If we receive the witness of men, read. The witness of God is greater. (laughs) The, The witness of God is the truth, and that's greater than some funky trinity. Read. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Read. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. You have to believe that Christ and the Most High are not the same. 
He can't be the father and the son at the same time. That's that Tammuz mess. Because who was who was Tammuz? He was uh, what's the, what's her name? Semiramis's son and her husband at the same time. He he's the father and the son at the same time. <laughs> That's where they get the Trinity madness from. Read verse ten from the top. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Mm-hmm. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar. But you, if you don't believe that they're not the same, you're a what? A liar. Read. Because he believeth not the record you, that... You don't believe the record. Why are these things even written in the Bible if you don't believe it? And once again, the, the, trend, the triune... Started way back before Christ was even born. Read. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Read on. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. No doubt. Kid, uh, St. John chapter 14. And we're going to start at verse 6. You with me on tonight? Did I lose you? Did I lose you? What's your understanding so far? I didn't. Yeah, I know you. I know you're writing on notes, but what what are you understanding so far? There's many different words that correspond with Christ. There's the Comforter, um, the Water, the the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And a lot of these terms are used interchangeably. Okay. All right. St. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So if Christ and his Father are the same right here, and the Holy Spirit are all the same in one, then what is Christ talking about right here? He said, no man come to the Father but by me. Is Christ schizophrenic or something? Why is he still talking about his Father if he is his Father? That would make no sense. Mm-mm. What Christ is saying is you can't get to him unless, I'm sorry, you can't get to the Father unless you go through him first. Now, as a side note, this is in the New Testament. This is when Christ pops up on the scene in the scene in the New Testament. But all all Old Testament is who? The Most High. So what Christ is saying is, like I said, side note, you have to believe in the Old Testament before you even can get to the new. Read on. If ye had known me. You should have known my father also. See, I ain't making stuff up. And where you get to know the most high at? In the Old Testament. Same God. Read. And from him ye know him and have seen him. Mm-hmm. Philip saith unto him, Lord, shew us the father, 
and it suffices us. So Philip, one of his disciples, he's like, man, show me the Father, and I'll be satisfied. Now listen to what Christ told him. Read. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? Mm-hmm. I've been traveling all this time with you, and you don't know me. Read. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. He, if you didn't see me, you didn't see the Father. We're going to find out why he made the statement. Read. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now, a lot of people read this, and they say, see, he, he's talking about him and his daddy are the same. Nope, that's not what he's saying. Let's break this down. Hold this and get Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to start at verse 1. Read. Hebrews 1 and 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, uh-huh. hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son. By his who? His son. So he, he sent prophets back in the day, but now he sent Yahushua. Now he sent Christ to speak to us. Read. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Oh, we definitely going to dig into that. But read on. Who being the brightness of his glory. And he, he, Christ is the what? The brightness of his glory. Because he said he was the light, right? He's the brightness of the most high's glory. Read. And the express image. The express what? Image. Image. Can we look at the word image, please? This is Paul speaking. Paul, y'all talk the Paulian letters. Paul, Paul, Paul. This is Paul speaking right here. And he said that Christ was the express image of his person, of the most high person that is. Now, what's the definition for uh the definition for image? A representation of the external form of a person or thing. A representation. Not the exact same thing. What a representation. You know, like how you go to the men's restroom and on the door there's an image of a man. (laughs) Get what I'm saying? You know, like on the polo shirts, you have a man on a horse playing polo. Is that the actual man? No, it's not. It's an image. So Christ was the express image of his daddy, meaning he looks like his father. This is why he told Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen my daddy. Go to Daniel chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 9 to prove this, though. Because Tyler Paul might be making stuff up. Daniel chapter 10, and start verse 9. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. So this is Daniel, and he fell into a deep sleep, 
He got a premonition from the Most High. Read. And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, Oh, oh wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, y'all. I might have it. I might have it backwards. Give me just a second, y'all. Everything going on. I'm sorry, y'all. It's Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, Mm -hmm. and the Ancient of Days did sit. This is another one of Daniel's visions. So he said, the Ancient of Days did sit. Who's older than days? The Most High. The Most High. He created days. So he's talking about he saw the Most High sitting. Read. Whose garment was white as snow, uh-huh. and the hair of his head like the pure wool. So he had woolly hair. It gives us the texture, and it gives us the color. White woolly hair, gray hair. That's wisdom. So the Most High sitting on this throne with a head of wool. <laughs> That's an afro. <laughs> Read. His throne was like the fiery flame. Mm-hmm. And his wheels as burning fire. All right. Now, let's go to Daniel chapter 10. And story verse 5. Matter of fact, hold on, wait, wait a minute. Let's go to Revelations first. Let's go to Revelations chapter 1. And story verse 1. Revelation 1 and 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. So this is the revealing of Christ. This is the word revelation means. Now, jump down to verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. So this is talking about Christ. Read. Clothed with a garment down to the foot. Uh-huh. And girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Describing what he had on, read. His head and his hair were white like wool. This is the part I wanted to get to. So it gives us the color and the texture. White, then it says like wool, the texture of wool. Who else had white woolly hair? We just read it in Daniel chapter 7. The Most High has white woolly hair, just like Christ. Now remember in Hebrews it says that Christ was the express image of the Most High. This is what it was talking about. This is what Christ was telling uh, Philip in St. John chapter 14. If you've seen me, you've seen my father. He looked just like him. He's the express image of him. I hope everybody's seeing this. All right. Now, from there, let's go to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God. Hold on, let me catch up with you. Mm. 
Yeah, go ahead. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Mm-hmm. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. And we already got the witness. We got the witness from Christ himself. They say he looked just like his daddy. We got the witness from Paul, said that Christ was the express image of his father. And we got that out of Daniel chapter 7 and verse 9. We got it from Revelation chapter 1, verses 1, 13 through uh, 14. So we already got that record. And even tells us in Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1, that that was the record that John wrote describing Christ. Read. Because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Mm-hmm. And this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. Mm-hmm. And this life is in his son. Mm-hmm. He that hath the son hath life. Mm-hmm. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. Read. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may be and that ye may believe on the name of the son of God. Right. Read. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And this is the part I want to get to. This is why it's so important that we don't believe that Trinity nonsense. Because if we believe that Trinity nonsense, if we believe that the Most High uh, Christ and the Holy Ghost or, or the Word are all the same, who are we praying to? Whose name are we praying in? Y'all see how it's so important? Now hold this and get uh, Romans chapter 8. And verse 26. Yep. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now, the Spirit, once again, is who? It's Christ. He helps with our infirmities. Because remember, it says that uh, in First John, we just read that the Christ, Christ will give us what we ask him, right? So it's talking about Christ here again. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Read. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Read. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession the, for us. The the what? The Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, what does the word intercession mean? Intercession is a go in between. Who is the go in between between us and the and, and the Most High? Christ. So he's talking about the Spirit. That Spirit, Christ, He makes intercession before us. It says with groaning which cannot be uttered. Read on. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. And he that searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He knows Christ's mind. Why does he know Christ's mind? How how is Christ able to make intersection between us and the Most High? Because Christ came in the flesh as a man, and he knows what we go through on the daily. daily. He knows the things we're tempted with. This is how he's able to intercede on our behalf and say, hey, Father, I've been there. I know that spirit. Give him another chance. But we take that, Complete out of the equation when we say that 
Christ is the same as the Most High. Who's going to intercede then? Who who's doing the interceding and who's doing the listening? <laughs> there has to be somebody on one end and the other in order to have an intercession. Exactly, it's got to be somebody on one end and somebody on the other end. Thank you for bringing that out, Hostile. Read on. It says, uh, read up, read again from the top, verse twenty-seven. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. It says, he that searches the heart. Well, who is he that searches the heart? Hold this and get Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. This is talking about two different people we're reading in Romans. We have the person that's making intersection, and we have the person that's searching the minds. They are not the same. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. And Ain't desperately it. wicked. No doubt. Read. Who can know it? Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. Mm-hmm. Who searches the heart? The Lord. So in, in Romans chapter eight, he is talking about the Lord that's searching the heart. But who's that? Who's can who can know the heart? It's desperately wicked. Christ, because he came in the flesh. <laughs> he knows what we go through. Is that it? I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. Now go back to Romans chapter 8. We're in verse what? 27. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit. The Most High knows the mind of, of Christ. Read. Because he maketh intercession for the saints. <laughs> and what, do we have? If you don't know who the saints is, Psalms chapter 148, uh, verse uh, 14. We ain't going to get it, but go ahead. According to the will of God. Mm-hmm. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. What do the all things work together for good? The all things is the most high Christ working for who? For us. Read. 29. For whom he did foreknow. Prior knowledge. Read. He also did predestinate. Uh huh. To be conformed to the image of his son. To be like Christ, the real Christian. <laughs> Read. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Read on. That Christ might be the firstborn among many brethren, meaning what? He was righteous. So we're supposed to be righteous like him. We're supposed to be following him. Like I said, the real Christians. Read. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, then he also called. Mm -hmm. And whom he called, then he also justified. Mm -hmm. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. No doubt. Read. For what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Read. He that spared not his own son. He spared not who? His own son. Y'all see this, right? He delivered Christ up to be sacrificed. Read. For our good. Read. But delivered him up for us all. Oh, my goodness. So, you got to ask yourself. If Christ and the Most High are the same, then how do you have forgiveness for sin now? Because that's what Christ died for, right? So we might have forgiveness of sin. 
Because <laughs> before he died, you would have to die for a lot of sins, mm-hmm. such as adultery, death, murder. You was put to death. So if they're all the same person, then how are we forgiven for our sins? Hmm. We don't. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us? Mm -hmm. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. He's where? Even at the right hand of God. No, he's in God. At the right hand of God. Read. Who also maketh intercession for us. Once again, it has to be somebody on both ends in order for it to be somebody in the middle. So we know, according to the Bible, the scriptures, it is most high, Christ in the middle, he's the intersection, and then it's us. The Israelites. Hope everybody got that. You just want to say something? Let's get Matthew chapter 10 and verse 18 now. I might go over, y'all. You got it? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. For a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak. For it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall, for it is not ye. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry, y'all. It's the wrong scripture. Damn. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. Bear with me. I'm looking for a scripture. Man. There it is. It's Matthew 28 and 19. Start at 18, though. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Who gave them the power? 
Right. Did he give himself the power? I mean, according to y'all. Read on, though. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So a lot of people use this right here to say, see, this is where everybody be baptized and then see, they the same. That's why he said you got to be baptized in that name. First John 5 and 7, please. Three. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Mm-hmm. The Father, mm-hmm. the Word, which and, is Christ, and yeah. the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Read. And these three are one. Mm-hmm. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. Mm-hmm. And these three agree in one. They agree. It's not saying they're the same thing. They just agree. St. John chapter 1. So to be baptized in all three names, it means you have to believe in all three. You have to believe in the Most High. You have to believe in Christ. You have to believe in the Bible. It's basically what it's saying. Matthew 28 and 19, y'all. All right, yeah, I'm, but I'm, you know. Uh, St. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, uh-huh. and the Word was with God, uh-huh. and the Word was God. And a lot of people use this, see? The Word, which is Christ, and the Most High, it says they the same. No, it's not what it's saying. Read. The same was in the beginning with God. So let's clarify some stuff. St. John chapter 10, verse 38. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Meaning they agree. So when it says, is that it? Mm-hmm. Now go back to St. John, chapter 1, and read verse 1 again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now what did Christ say in St. John, chapter uh, 10, verse 38? But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the work. That ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. He's saying that the Most High is in him. The, the way the Most High operates, the way the Most High does things, the Most High's word is in him. And that, and that he's in the Most High, meaning they both agree. I hope we're getting this. Now, from St. John chapter 1 and verse 1, which says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This was Christ that was in the Most High. But the Most High made Christ into a human being. As it tells us in verse 14, that the Word was made flesh. But hold on to that. 
and let's get uh, Hebrews chapter 1. I said we're just coming back there. We can definitely clear this up. <clears throat> and verse verse 1. We're going to read the verse 2. Hebrews 1 and 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. Everything belongs to his son. Who is his son? Christ, also known as the word, also known as the comforter, also known as the spirit of truth. Read. By whom also he made the world. So by whom, meaning the most high used Christ to make what? The world. The world. So when it says in St. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, the word was with God, and the word was God. This is what it's talking about. He used Christ to make the world. Christ didn't just go out on his own and do what he wanted to do. He had instructions from the Most High on how to make stuff. Now let's get Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 12. Colossians 1 and 12, unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints Mm -hmm. in light, Mm -hmm. who hath delivered us from the power of darkness Mm -hmm. and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Once again, y'all. If the most high Christ was the same, then how do we have redemption? Through whose blood? Who's the father? Who's the son? I mean, which one? Read. Who is the image of the invisible God? We already got that. Read. The firstborn of every creature. What what was Christ? The firstborn of every creature. Christ was the firstborn of all creatures. You know what it says in the beginning was the word? Read. For by him were all things created. Read. That are in heaven. He Christ created everything. The things that are in heaven, read. And that are in earth. Read. Visible and invisible. So the things we can see and the things we can't see, read. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities. Principalities and spirits. Read. Or powers. Read. All things were created by him and for him. All things were created by Christ and for Christ. Read. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Read. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Uh Uh-huh. That in all things he might have preeminence. He might have preeminence. I got news for y'all. In case y'all ain't figured out by now, 
this is not the first time that the Most High <laughs> had whom he called a son on the planet Earth. This was not the first time. I hope y'all are listening. This was not the first time the Most High had a son on the planet Earth. Let's get Luke chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to read all this because the time constraints. So let's start at 23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, uh-huh. being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Uh-huh. So this is Christ's lineage. He was the supposed the son of Joseph. Who was the son of Joseph? Read. Which was the son of Heli, uh-huh. which was the son of Masat, uh-huh. which was the son of Levi, uh-huh. which was the son of Melchi, Read. which was the son of Janna, uh-huh. which was the son of Joseph, mm-hmm. which was the son of Matthias, Matthias mm-hmm. which was the son of Amos, Jump down to verse 30. Which was the son of Simeon, which was the son of Judah, which was the son of Joseph, which was the son of Jonah, which was the son of Eliakim, which was the son of Melah, which was the son of Menon, which was the son of Mathata, Mathata, which was the, the son of Nathan, mm-hmm which was the son of David, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Jesse, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Obed, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Booz, which was the son of Salmon, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Nathan, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Aminadab, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Aram, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Ezram, Mm -hmm. which was the son of Pharaoh, which was the son of Judah. So, y'all, this lineage is put in here for a reason. It's just like reading Chronicles, man, or Kings. This is Christ's lineage. Read. Which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, mm-hmm. which was the son of Abraham, uh-huh. which was the son of Sarah, mm-hmm. which was the son of Nahor. Nahor. Mm-hmm. No, this is Nahor, but, you know, in, okay. in Hebrew, it's Nahor. Which was the son of Saru, mm-hmm. which was the son of Wagal, mm-hmm. which was the son of Phalet, mm-hmm. which was the son of Heber, which is Heber, read on, which was the son of Salah, mm-hmm. which was the son of Canaan, mm-hmm. which was the son of Arphaxad, mm-hmm. which was the son of Sem, mm-hmm. which was the son of Noah, Noah, read, which was the son of Lamech, Noah's father, read. Which was the son of Methuselah, mm-hmm. which was the son of Enoch, mm-hmm. which was the son of Jared, mm-hmm. which was the son of Malaleel, mm-hmm. which was the son of Canaan. Now listen up, y'all, because we lost y'all. Read. Which was the son of Enoch, uh-huh. which was the son of Seth, uh-huh. which was the son of Adam. The son of Adam, the very first man, read. Which was the son of God. Who was Adam? The son of God. Like I said, Christ was not the first man that was called the son of God. 
Let's get Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. I'm definitely going over, y'all. Yep. Yep. And God said, let us make man in our image. Let us. These are the angels. Let us make man in our image. Read. After our likeness, mm-hmm. and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Dominion means rulership, control. Read. Now, o- now, remember, when we read in Galatians, it said, uh, some, sorry, Colossians, it says the world was made, was made by him and for him. <laughs> so this is why he's getting dominion right here. Read. And over the fowl of the air and over the cattle. And over all the earth, mm-hmm. and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Read. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, who is the him? Let's get Genesis chapter 2 and verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field. And every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. So who is this man that was given dominion over everything? The very first man. His name was Adam. I hope everybody sees this. And Adam, like we just got in Luke, chapter 3 and verse 28, was the son of God. Now let's get 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want you to read verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. And so it is written, the first man... Adam, which was the most high son, mm-hmm. read, was made a living soul. Mm-hmm. The last Adam. What last Adam? <laughs> this is talking about Christ, y'all. Read. Was made a quickening spirit. A quickening spirit. Read. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but which is natural. When Adam was created. He was a natural man. He was not a spiritual man. This is why he fell from paradise. Read. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. The first man, Adam, was carnal. The second man was spiritual. And that's the Lord from heaven. That's Christ. Why am I going through all this? Why am I reading all this? Let's get Second Ezra chapter 7. I want us to understand that when Adam fell from grace, when he disobeyed the Most High, he led all of us behind him. So all the generation that came after Adam, all of us had a sickness. All of us had a weakness. All of us were, were, were born into sin, shown sin by Adam, which was God's son. 
right. Second uh, Ezra chapter 7, verse 46. I answered then and said, this is my first and last saying, that it had been better not to have been have given the earth unto Adam. So this is second. This is Ezra. Ezra. He said, "Man, I had to think about this. It had been, It would have been better not to even give the earth unto Adam." Why is he saying this? Read. Or else, when it was given him, to have restrained him from sinning. He should have been restrained from sinning. Read. For what profit is it for men now in this present time? To live in heaviness. All the generation that came after Adam lives in heaviness because of what Adam did. Read. And after death, to look for punishment. This is all we got to look forward to? Read on. Oh, thou Adam, <laughs> what hast thou done? He said, man, Adam, what did you do? You messed it up for all of us. Read. For though it was thou that sinned. Even though it was you that did the do. Read. Thou art not fallen alone. It, you ain't by yourself, brother. What you did affected all of us. Read. But we all that come of thee. Read on. For I'm what sorry. Prophet? I'm sorry. Stop it. Stop at 48. And let's get Genesis chapter 5. Because it says all that come of thee. Genesis 5 and 1. What do you mean all that come of thee? Come of we. Or come of thee. Genesis 5 and 1. Read. This is the book of the generations of Adam. Of who? Adam. Read. In the day that God created man, mm-hmm. in the likeness of God made he him. Mm-hmm. Male and female created he them. Uh-huh. And blessed them. And bless who? Them. Read. And called their name. Called what? Their name. Their name. Read. Adam. So Adam was a collective group of people that was named after the man Adam. Just like the nation of Israel collectively named after a man named Israel. So this that wasn't a new concept, y'all. You see how this is this is just keep repeating itself? <laughs> I hope everybody sees this. Now let's go to Psalm chapter eighty two and verse six. Because remember, in Luke, it said that Adam was the son of God. So that means that these people collectively that were called Adam were sons of God. These were the Adamites. Read. 82 and 6. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. We're the Most High's children. I hope y'all see this. From, From Adam and then that generation after Adam. 422. Now we're going to get real particular about who the sons of God are. Exodus 4 and 22. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, mm-hmm. even my firstborn. Israel is his son, even his firstborn. Who's his firstborn? Adam. So Israel came from who? From Adam. The Adamites were God's sons. The Israelites were God's sons. Let's get Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8. Revelation 
Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Mm-hmm. I am Alpha and Omega. This is Christ speaking. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega. Read. The beginning and the ending. <laughs> He's the beginning and the ending. So this, all of this stuff beginning with Christ as Adam. So Christ as Adam sinned and led all the generations to follow Adam into sin. And he said he was, he, read that part, read again. I am Alpha and Omega, mm-hmm. the beginning and the ending. And, and it ends with him. Us going off into sin, us going off into idolatry, it ends with him. This is why he came to put an end to all of that, to clean up everything that he had did as, as Adam. But when we say that he's the most high and he's himself, then how are we going to be forgiven? How does this stuff end? It doesn't end. It would have to keep going on. I hope y'all are seeing this. Revelations twenty two thirteen. Read. I am the Alpha. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last. In case you didn't get it in the first scripture I pulled, all of this started with Adam. All of it's going to end with what the scriptures call First Corinthians chapter fifteen, the second Adam. Now let's go to Second Ezra chapter three and read verse seventeen. And it came to pass that when thou ledest his seed out of Egypt, thou broughtest them up to the Mount Sinai. The seed is talking about Jacob's seed. Read. And bowing the heavens, thou didst set fast the earth, movest the whole world, and madest the depths to tremble, and troublest the men of that age. So he's talking about us after we came out of Egypt, the Israelites, read. And thy glory went through four four gates of fire, Mm -hmm. and of earthquake, and of wind, and of cold, that thou mightest give the law unto the seed of Jacob, and diligence unto the generation of Israel. Read. And yet tookest thou not away from them a wicked heart. What did he not take away from us? A wicked heart. Still got it to this day. Read. That they, that thy law might bring forth fruit in them. Read. For the first Adam bearing a wicked heart. The first Adam, we we already covered this. He had in him a what? A wicked heart. And because he had a wicked heart in him, we had we have wicked hearts in us. Read. Transgressed and was overcome, and so be all that they that are born of him. Read on. Thus, infirmity was made permanent. Uh, so the what it says infirmity, infirmity means sickness. What sickness was made permanent in us? Which is that wicked heart, that wicked mind. This is why we have to struggle on a daily to keep our minds pure. Because by nature, they wicked as hell. Verse 22 from the top. Thus, infirmity was made permanent. And the law also in the heart of the people with the malignity. With the what? The malignity.
Malignity means maliciousness, meanness, evilness, made permanent. So, once again, if Christ and the Most High are the same, who's going to fix this? Who's going to fix the problem that we have, the infirmity that we have in our mind to be wicked as hell? Who's going to fix, fix this if Christ and the Most High are the same? Will make no sense. You Christians, y'all, y'all like to hang y'all hat on John three sixteen. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes might be saved, right? How's that gonna happen if they're the same person? Duh. Read. With the malignity of the root, so that the good departed away. And the evil abode still. So all the good <laughs> departed away from us. And what's still in us to this day? The evil. Evil. And what we're waiting on is this, Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31. This is what we're waiting on, man. I know I am. Jeremiah 31 and 31. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. This ain't happened yet. A new contract. What's going to be the contract? Read. And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Because when he made that covenant, he didn't take away what from us? The wickedness that was in our damn mind. That was in our hearts. That's still there. That's why he said he ain't going to make that same covenant. Read. Which my covenant they break, although I wasn't husband unto them, saith the Lord. He said, I was faithful, but they wasn't. We always tricking off through idolatry, which is the Trinity. Read. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Listen up, y'all. Read. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. He's going to put his law in our inward parts, in our spirit. What laws are you talking about? All of them. The the dietary laws, sacrificial laws, the moral laws, the ceremonial laws, all of those laws are going to be in our spirit. Read. And write it in their hearts. In our minds To where we ain't got to go look, Open the Bible and find out which law is what It's just going to be automatic You will automatically know Nope, that's wrong And you know what comes with that y'all The inability To do wickedness We're only going to know good Like like we're, like in the very beginning What did Adam only know He only knew good what did the Adamites only know? They only knew good, so they were introduced to evil. Things are going to go back to the way they were, but better. Read. And will be their God, and they shall be my people. What verse you in? Read. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor. And every man his brother saying, know the Lord. 
we ain't have to go around street teaching no more. <laughs> All on YouTube no more. Teacher, come know the Lord. Stopping people at the mall, at the grocery store. Doing blog talks. <laughs> we have to do none of that no more. Why? Read. For they shall all know me. So all of us going to know who we are and whom we are. Read. From the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. He going to look over our, our iniquity. Read. And I will remember their sin no more. You're going to wipe the slate clean, man. That is Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 8. And guess what, y'all? <laughs> the same thing in the New Testament. The same thing. Why they say they try, they try to act the New Testament is something different than the Old Testament. The only thing that's going to be different is we're going to have the, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to be incapable of committing sin. That's the only thing that's going to be different. We still going to be, the Israelites are still God's people, the only people he's going to be dealing with. Read. Hebrews 8 and 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel mm-hmm. and with the house of Judah, mm-hmm. not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant. And I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. That's verse 13. Read. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities, will I remember no more. In that, he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first old. The first is old because of why. Because of our wicked ass heart. He don't, he don't want us to go back to that. That was problematic. That it? Read. Now that which decayeth and waxes old is ready to vanish away. Matthew, 13, uh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Matthew 3 and 17. And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." Why would the Most High make this statement? Because Christ finished His mission. He did what He was supposed to do. He had to make up for what He did as Adam. That's why the Most High said, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." He did a good job. And this is how we get redemption through Christ. This is how we get put back into the Most High's good graces. Until that new covenant covenant is established. Matthew 26 and 38. This doesn't happen if him and the Most High are the same person, y'all. 
Matthew 26 and 38. Read. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. This was Christ, man. On the night he was killed, he was murdered. Owning up to what he had done. He knew what he had to make up for. But this is him, man. Being like us in the moment of vulnerability. I don't want to go through this. But I know that this is your will. I know I have to go through this. This is him admitting he messed up, admitting his fault. This is why he was like, man, your will. But when we say that him and the Most High are the same, look at the glory we take away from Christ. Because which one of us could have did this? Which one of us could have took this ass whooping for the whole, for people that don't even deserve it, for people that's wicked as hell? None. Not a one. Like Paul said, there are none righteous. No, not one. Read. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm-hmm. Read on. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Him again, man, being vulnerable as a human being. But if they're the same, who is Christ talking to? Huh? Who's Christ who's Christ asking permission to, to forgo this ordeal? Who's he talking to? Was he schizophrenic? Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Galatians 1, verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver... Read verse 3. Galatians 1 and 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins he gave himself for our sins read that he might deliver us from this present evil world so we get the hell on in this present evil world now this was made way back then how much more evil is the world this day and age read according to the will of God our Father. He gave himself according to God's will, like he just said. Nevertheless, Father, your will. So how are they the same person? No, sir. Stop that, y'all. First John two and two. First John two and two. And he is the propitiation for our sins. Read. And not for ours only, but also for the 
the whole world. Now, he is. But when it says the whole world, let's clarify that. Isaiah 45 and 17. Matter of fact, matter of fact, before we get that, give me uh first and first John, chapter three and verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us mm-hmm. that we should be called the sons of God. What manner of love is this? <laughs> that he's bestowed on us, that we're going back to being the sons of God. when We don't even deserve to be the sons of God, man. Because remember, what was not taken from us? Our wicked minds. He said, I don't even understand what manner of love this is. All the stuff we did to the Most High, did to each other, we don't deserve to be called the sons of the Most High. Read. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So how could Christ die for the whole entire world if the whole world didn't know him? <laughs> Let's find out what world he died for. Isaiah forty-five seventeen. This is the last scripture, y'all. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 17. But Israel shall be saved in the Lord. Israel going to be saved from what? Our wicked hearts, our wicked minds. And from captivity. This is what salvation is. Israel's going to be saved. Read. With an everlasting salvation. An everlasting salvation means we're never going into another captivity. This is it. Read. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded, world without end. What is Israel? World without end. Israel is a world within itself. This goes right hand in hand with John chapter 3 and verse 16, y'all. And all the other scriptures that talk about the whole world. It's talking about the world of Israel. I hope everybody got, everybody got some understanding out of this class. Um, I went a little bit over, but I hope y'all understand why I had to go over for edification purposes. Um, I know I was getting, you know, passionate. I won't say emotional because it's not emotion. It's just passion, man. I really uh, enjoyed putting this class together. This class took me and in, in, it took me down rabbit holes I didn't know I was going down, man. I, I had no intention in bringing all this other stuff out, but that was the way that um, the Most High opened it up to me. And uh, all praise to the Most High, man. The water for everybody tuning in. The water Mashaba for the broad, for hooking up the broadcast. I, um the water to everybody. Thank y'all for y'all support, blog talk, all y'all feedback, all the uh, support that y'all been showing us through the years. It's much appreciated, y'all. Much appreciated. Pastor, you got anything you want to add, you want to say? Love y'all. You got anything? All right, y'all. Uh, with that, you going to say shalom. Sure.